you should pray that you get on the same page with God, not that God gets on the same page as you. Yeah, yeah, you're not yeah. trying to convince God <laughs> that your way is the best way. Yeah. Um, even though it might feel like that, and I've I've felt like that like before, you know, God, I've got this. Like this is the plan. Like we're doing this, right, God? Yeah. Come on, like come on, man. Get on, get on my, <laughs> get on my side here. Welcome to the Light Switch Podcast by Luminate Student Ministries, a place for the skeptic, the Bible believer, as well as everyone in between. As you know, our world is often in the dark. Our hope is to flip the switch on topics surrounding biblical engagement, apologetic arguments, spiritual formation, and emotional wellness. We want Jesus Christ to illuminate every aspect of your life so that you can shine the light of Christ in every situation. Hey guys, welcome back to the Light Switch Podcast with Luminate Ministries. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening today. My name is Daniel. I am the youth resident here at Keystone Church, the youth resident that works with Luminate Ministries. And guys, we have a great biblical engagement episode for you today. The title of our episode today, if you can see it, it says, God will smite you if you're wrong. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, kind of the way that we decide things. Is it God's will? Is it not? What will God do if we don't choose his path? What is God's path? What is God's purpose for us? But we're going to get into those questions today, and we're going to hopefully help you guys out. But I am not alone today, and I'm not with Matthew. I'm not with Aaron. I'm not with Randy, but I'm with two of our very own students, both Zach and Job guys hey yeah hey dan it's a pleasure to be here dan (laughs) yes if you guys would just introduce yourself real quick and just tell everybody a little bit about yourself um i'm zach go to Selene high school uh i'm a senior this year Mm -hmm. Uh, that's about it yeah any fun facts fun fact i like to fish and golf nice play baseball play baseball too but he's a ball time (laughs) free time yep nice What's the biggest fish you've ever caught? Biggest fish. I would say close to two feet. Bass. Oh, whoa. It was like 22 inches in Grandparents River. It's pretty cool. Dang. That was a while ago, though. Two feet. Dang. Okay. What about you, Job? Tell them a little bit uh, about yourself. Yeah. My name is Job. I go to Celine as well. I'm a senior. Um, I was on the tennis team. Fun fact. Uh, I don't even know. I like ice cream. Come on. What's the favorite flavor? Vanilla. <laughs> I forgot Basic. about that. I knew you said that before. Basic. Hey, man. Never fails. Never loss. No. Nope. Never loss. Reliable. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to get right into it today, guys. And I just got a question for you. Um, so we're talking about decision making today. And as two seniors in high school, you guys got some decisions coming up in life you've made probably a few decisions within your life already um have you guys ever felt like decision fatigue at all yeah um for me personally it's not like the multiple decisions making over and over Mm -hmm. again for me but when I have like especially like you were saying being a senior in high school I'm having to decide on what I'm doing in college and Mm -hmm. also being an athlete I have to make the decision if I want to play athletics at the next level too in college so Mm -hmm. it's more the big decision that's more fatiguing for me and I guess just that decision in general and trying to I don't know not make the wrong one yeah not make the wrong ones yeah um it's similar for me um where I'm the type of person really I don't get stressed about pretty much anything but I definitely was feeling um stressed out and decision fatigue for sure in like the two weeks leading up to Mm -hmm. when I had to submit all my college apps Mm -hmm. um and that's like what Zach was saying um just a lot of big decisions to be made and you know like they they will have a huge impact on your life Mm -hmm. and so um when you have decisions like that and there's a lot of them at the same time and they're all important um then yeah I don't know that 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 was the only really time that I could think of decision Mm -hmm. fatigue for myself though yeah but yeah, yeah, it's overwhelming because everyone's like, hey, man, like this, this is going to be a big influence on your life, what you decide here. And, you know, I felt that also when I was a senior. I mean, I, 
I only applied to one school and I went to Indiana Wesleyan University. Um, and that's completely different than a lot of people's experience. But as I was in college, the future kept getting closer and closer. And as now I'm married and living in my own apartment and just trying to figure out there's a, it seems like decision-making is something you have to make all the time. And that fatigue, it's, it's real. And I'll tell you, like in life, you keep on deciding things like decisions never stop. So what comes into that is God's will. How does God want us to, what does God want us to do? And my question to you guys is like, have you ever asked or wondered, is this God's will or what do you know God's will to be? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's tricky when there's something specific that you want to happen in your life, mm-hmm. um, but you don't know if it's going to be the right thing for your life or if it is God's will at all. Um, and so actually I've been doing this thing recently, um, where I read, I read a verse or read the story of where Jesus went and he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane mm-hmm. and he says, Lord, if you're willing, um, and then he has his request and then he yeah. says, yeah, you will be done. So, um, if there's stuff in my life where I have like a specific mm-hmm. request, but I don't know if that's, a, mm-hmm. if it's, if it's good for me mm-hmm. or if it's just something simple, um, I'll pray in that way. Um, just so that I am trying to format my life around what God wants for me. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I've had to learn recently. And so like when there are things in my life I want to happen, but I don't know God's plan. Drake reference is, <laughs> um, I've been praying this way. Hey man, yeah. come on. Hey, the apostle Drake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Joe brought up a good point there about, um, how you're praying. Cause especially when I was a lot younger and I hadn't built my relationship with God as, as much as I've grown recently, um, I would I would pray and it was more of a a lot more requesting from God and like certain things, whereas like Job was saying, it's not so much asking for these things because I would be like, well, why aren't my prayers being answered when in reality I just needed to like refocus because that's obviously not the way you should be praying and just asking and hoping to receive and more focusing on God, just trusting God and following what he has the plan for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I love what you're saying there is about, we're just trying to understand like, what does God want from us? Like, what is like, that's, that's what we want to stay true to. And that is such a broad and vague. And as you guys have kind of been talking about, it can be something that's so hard to discern. And it's something that man, like, I am still constantly figuring out as I make decisions. Like that is my greatest desire is understanding what God's will is. We're going to be talking about today, the wisdom model. Um, And this is the wisdom model of decision making. And this comes from a guy named uh, Gary uh, Friesen. And uh, he wrote this book called Decision Making and the Will of God. Uh, it basically asks a question, how can a wisdom model for decision making help us? Um, how can we better understand what God wants from us, uh, what God is asking of us and where he's directing us and how our own personal thoughts may be affecting that? Um, basically, the main idea that he comes across, that he gives to us is that often in the majority of our life, God doesn't decide for us. Instead, like a good father, he teaches us how to decide. He teaches us how to understand his will um, and how we can then make decisions based off of that. The basic premise is this, is that we have the freedom to choose anything we want within the boundaries of God's moral will and wisdom. With God's full blessing, the scriptures make no other restriction that those, unless there is an individualized command by supernatural or like special revelation. So like most of the time, it is about understanding God's moral will and his wisdom. But there are times that we see in scripture, like Acts 9, 11 through 15, God is speaking to Ananias, who is pretty much asked 
to go and find at the time Saul. And the, I'll, I'll just read the passage to you guys. It says, The Lord told him, speaking to Ananias, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. So there are distinct times where God is clearly telling somebody like, the decision here is not no. Like the decision, you need to go and find Saul and you need to do these things. That's clear in scripture that this happens. That there are some things that it's not a, there's not a question. There's not multiple doors that are open. God is saying, I need you to do this. And that still happens. There are still moments where people see visions, where people have prophetic signs that come to them, where they believe that there's a certain decision they need to make, or there's been something that... Just something has happened that has made something so clear that, man, if I don't do this, then it would be sinful. But what Gary is kind of making the case for is that these circumstances are few compared to the majority of the time as we are making decisions. It's basically about us understanding what God's moral will is and what wisdom is within God's eyes. And that's how we make decisions. That when we look at those things, and that's how we're going to begin to go through this, is to begin to understand more and more how when there aren't these great direct signs that directly share with us, oh, this is God wants us to do, how do we understand God's moral will? So the first thing we need to ask with that is, who is God in decision making? And much our text, and this is why we titled it, will he smite you if you make the wrong decision? It's a big question for a reason. Like, who is God in decision-making? If God leaves us with these ability to make decisions in so many areas, is is God even really guiding us? Is like God just some like distant, like homie in the sky just saying, you know what, do what you want? Well, no, but we're going to get into that. So my question to our guest here for you guys is, who do you believe that God is in the process of decision-making? Um, I think, as you mentioned just a minute ago, uh, God isn't making our decisions for us, right? Mm-hmm. We're the ones that make the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, he's the one teaching us how to make the decisions. He's the one guiding us to show us what mm-hmm. decisions mm-hmm. would be the right decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's helping us along the way. And so I think in ways that he's provided, like he's provided scriptures, he's mm-hmm. provided um, other people in our lives communicating through other people to help us make decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and we lean on God to help us along the way, not mm-hmm. to give us the black and white answer that we, yeah. that we might want from him. Mm-hmm. Um, because that would be easier, right? If God, yeah. if God's telling us every single time what the right answer is. Um, but I think, um, it's, it's up to us to lean on him and rely on him so that he's helping us make the right choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think Joe brought up a good point about the, the scripture part is the fact that we can learn through the Bible about how he wants us to mm-hmm. be guided through him and that our prayers and how we just communicating through him. Mm-hmm. Like you said, that black and white answer won't necessarily mm-hmm. be there, but to have that trust and that faith in him mm. is a big, big way to just show that you're believing in his process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's really look at that. Like, what if we, like, God decided everything for you? No free will. No free will at all. But, like, also, like, man, like, that would be so, like, if you took every decision you made and you were like, I need to know exactly, like, God's got to speak to me on it. Like, I I just kind of see, man, you would constantly be anxious about making the wrong decision. Or, like, constantly, like, listening to, like, the different voices in, like, your head. Like, oh, is this just my flesh speaking? It's just, just like, like, it could come down to simply, like, even, like, you're just going to the store. 
and you're just buying a new pair of sneakers and it's like, man, like it's God's will for me to get these sneakers. Or I need to go donate this and give this money to somebody else. And it's like, it's like every, and that might be the case that like that conviction might come over you, but it becomes to where like every decision becomes, if I make the wrong decision, God's going to be mad at me. Like, have you guys ever felt that? Like if you make the wrong decisions, God's going to like just be disappointed and mad at you. I think it's only ever crossed my mind when there's a big decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never really been anxious about, like, I know you give the example with the shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, my opinion on that is there are decisions that have an impact on our spiritual life. Mm-hmm. There are decisions that have impacts on other people. There are decisions that have impacts um, on the the god in general like our relationship Mm -hmm. with him but then a pair of shoes that you are buying might not have an impact on that and that's um, where personal preference comes into play Mm -hmm. and i think there are a lot of decisions that are simply up to personal preference yeah um because sure there may be some decisions that Mm -hmm. are personal preference that do have a negative impact but if you're looking at all the decisions you have Mm -hmm. that are okay in god's eyes or are good for you in god's eyes there might be even more under there that are up to personal preference. And that's where yeah. I think we can come in and decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like Joe was saying with the big decisions, it's more like before you make the decision, you're like, well, what if I pick this and it's not what he wants? But then you could mm-hmm. also say the same thing about vice versa. Like yeah. if you're picking between a college or yeah, if I've, I've had this situation before where I've had to pick between, um, playing a sport in the summer versus getting a job and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like what, what should I be doing? And I don't really know what I should be doing, but mm-hmm. um, when it comes to like God being mad or disappointed in me, I haven't felt that as much as just mm-hmm. the, what does God want for me? Mm, yeah. Mm. Well, for everybody listening, um, I just want you to know, even if you make the wrong decision, um, I will say this, is that when we sin and we go against God's will, it does not make him happy, but it does not mean we are condemned and forgotten by him. Even if you make the wrong decision, even if you go into one of those big moments and you chose a path that wasn't godly, um, and I think that's for reasons that you chose it for not wise reasons. Like, I think if you choose between a sport and a job, it's like, well, I could do the sport, grow in my athletic ability, and also be able to steward a good relationship with my friends on that team, or get a job, make some money, be able to pay for things, and also just learn more about response. There's good things within both. Um, there's not a decision that is going to, in a sense, corrupt you. But if you're like, you know what, the only reason I want to join the sports team is so that I'm a stud, and like I can just show off to everybody. It's like that might be a little unwise. Um, but at the end of the day, God's not going to smite you if you make the wrong decision. Uh, for I just say, 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So literally what God is saying is, like, even when we make wrong, to, to have the idea that we are going to be forgotten by God, that it's over for us, that there's no hope or anything, that we're just going to get smited, that's something in a sense like, to not be anxious about because then you're just going to distance yourself from God or he's going to become somebody that you don't want to know what he has to say because you're afraid what you think is wrong. But God is not a God that's just going to forsake you or condemn you because you made the wrong decision in your life. But there's redemption. So to mainly kind of focus though, uh, we talked about God's moral will, God's idea of what is right or wrong. And boys, as we've talked about in the youth group so many times, what is the book that we go to to know what is right or wrong? <laughs> he thought so. The boys were thinking that I was meaning it because we okay preference about our youth group <laughs> we encourage the reading of a lot of good books <laughs> so we've had a lot of topics where we give resources 
<laughs> they were like, man, oh my goodness. That kind of backfire. I was thinking with in the Bible. Yeah, I was like, I was looking for. Oh, you thought with in the Bible. In the Bible. I'm thinking books of the Bible. I mean, the Bible. Like, I was like, first John, Leviticus. No, no, I was sitting there. I was like, I thought I got, I gave these guys a softball. Like, I was just sitting there, like, and I'm like, oh, got to be a little bit more of a. No, the Bible. The Bible. Um, so, uh, Psalms 1-2 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditate on his law day and night. So, one of the things we talk about is when we make decisions, we don't want to walk in the ways of the wicked. That's the one thing we don't want to do. But we want to walk in the way of righteousness. So, if our first step is in decision making is to know what God believes is morally right or wrong, then the Bible is where we should search, is where we should go. Sometimes we ask so boldly, we're like, hey, like, God, speak to me. And if we don't get like an audible voice, we're like, God is silent. But what if I was to tell you that the words of God are probably sitting on your coffee table in your house right now, or sitting on your little stool next to your bed right now or on your desk or in your backpack right now that the very guide that you need to know am I making a morally right or wrong decision is actually not so far and you don't need the audible voice of God to be able to understand that um I don't know what do you guys think about that how do you think that may yeah what's challenging about that what's encouraging about that I think the biggest thing for people trying to build a relationship with God that they might not understand is they feel like, at least I did previously too, this was a while ago, but thinking that the only form of communication to God is through prayer, which is obviously you're not going to get direct answers mm-hmm. communicating back to you. That'd be kind of crazy. Um, but that the Bible is a form of communi- communication through God. So mm-hmm. just being able to read and take in information that way mm-hmm. is a way of learning God's word and learning through other people about God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found um, in Scripture, like, maybe it's not always direct words speaking to your exact circumstance, mm-hmm. um, but I found, like, stories um, and parables of other people may relate in my life somehow to a situation that I'm going through somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that being able to take my life Mm. and relate it to God's word and apply myself to the, to what I'm reading Mm -hmm. and then apply that to my life. Um, that's where I found a lot of, a lot of answers Mm -hmm. and a lot of communication in that way, Mm -hmm. as well as listening to other people that Mm -hmm. I know God's put in my life. Yeah. Um, because God communicates through other people to you as well Mm -hmm. and to me as well. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so essentially with this part, what we want you all to understand is that God is close and he is personal with us. Yet, he also gives us the capacity to have reason, a capacity to be held accountable for our decisions. If we are contradicting scripture and God's moral will, he is gracious and he will accept our repentive hearts. But, you know... God's not going to smite you, but he is a just God. He is a judge, and he will hold us accountable for our decisions. But understand that in God's justice, it is an outworking, and it's, it's proof that God's love is of mercy and kindness. So, yes, can I sit here and tell you that if you make a decision, like, God's not going to care and he's not going to do anything? No, because that's not true. But do I think he's going to smite you? No, you can ease that worry that as you make decisions that there is redemption. For even the worst decisions you make, there is redemption. So the next part of this model is that now we've moved from God's moral will. The second part of Gary's model is the wisdom part, is that as we now understand God's will, we also need to make these decisions and we need to make them wisely. And God commands us to pray for wisdom. Uh, James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, 
and it will be given to him. Uh, the book of Proverbs, man, like for any students out there, the book of Proverbs, the first six chapters references how young people like young people like this book, this wisdom, like this is needed. Like that book is needed to be able to understand and develop good wisdom. And of course, we know not just for young people, but we all from ages from uh, uh, Job in our youth group to Mick, who is uh, an 82 year old stud out here. But even him needs to call upon the Lord to have wisdom. But the book of Proverbs um, in verses one through six, I just want to read this. Like this is literally how the book of Proverbs start. It says the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David. This is, by the way, this is Proverbs 1, 1 through 6. King of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right, just, and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. This book literally is for gaining wisdom. That God's word illuminates what true wisdom is to us. But with this, there are times that we all lack wisdom. Even though, see this is the thing where wisdom comes in. Wisdom is deciding to do what we know is right and is good. But what is not wise is to do what we know is wrong or things that we are ignorant to, things that we ignorantly don't see are wrong. And that is unwise. And that can affect our decision making, whether we're going in with it saying, I want to make the wise decision or I want to make the unwise decision. So because we've all faced this, uh, when have you guys um, when is the time that you have lacked wisdom? Or I like to say, when is the time when you've made a bogus call? Um, for me, as I mentioned a little bit ago, um, the week before uh, the time that I had to submit all my college applications was uh, really stressful for me because I was getting a lot of stuff done in a short amount of time. Um, and I'm really, really good at procrastinating. And so when my parents told me, hey, you need to get your stuff done early, um, I didn't really listen. And so that caused me the week before to have to put in a lot of work and a lot of unneeded stress um, if I would have just done it earlier. And so I'm thinking for wisdom with the ignorance thing that you just Mm said, um, I didn't see the bigger picture and I Mm. didn't really care enough to I didn't really care enough to look into the future and see like this might be good for me there there are people telling me I should be doing this Mm -hmm. um and then I didn't listen and obviously I ended up having to grind right at the end so Mm. um I completely agree with Joe with the (laughs) procrastination part (laughs) I consider myself a pro procrastinator as well Mm -hmm. uh mostly because once I do sit down to get work done I am capable of avoiding the distractions so I can just like get it all done. But instead of getting it all done early, I say, well, it's only going to take me an hour. Why not wait till the last hour? Mm -hmm. Probably not the smartest decision. But um, other than that, I mean, growing up, a lot of my bogus calls were um, probably come in lapses in judgment or when I just make impulsive decisions Mm. numerous times. Uh, I've broken a couple bones. I'm probably to blame for both of them. Uh, a couple holes in the wall in my basement or at my yeah. house. Mm-hmm. I don't know, wrestling with my brother and we run mm-hmm. into a table, knock a dumbbell over and dumbbell goes into the wall. Yeah. doesn't end well. So mm-hmm. I think just being my impulsive decisions or lapse of judgment moments, yeah. especially growing up mm-hmm. were when situations that were very much so avoidable. Yeah. yeah. And the consequences are a lot worse than just taking the steps in mm-hmm. precaution. Yeah. I mean, that's real. Like, oh man, like even as you're saying, like you make unwise decisions when you're having a lapse of judgment, when judgment is not clear. Like so many times, like if you're making a decision off of fear, call it this erratic fear of that. You are putting things on God that he's going to do that is call it causing a shame and an irrational reaction to where in the moment you're like, I'm making this decision because I'm so scared of 
disappointing God or I'm so scared that like, oh my goodness, like, so I'm just going to pretty much do this and I'm going to, and it stresses us out and it overwhelms us and it, it, it can affect our decision making and any, oh man, like any decision, like any decision based off of like shameful fear is not the right decision. Like I can tell you that for like a fact is like, it is not the right decision. Um, I'd say for me, man, like one of the most bogus calls that I've ever made. Oh my goodness. As I just look at it, is that like any time I, I got into relationships when I was in my senior year, it was just this kind of mindset of like, um, the pretty much like anybody, like I kind of saw the dating relationships that I went into. I knew that I wasn't in a place to date anybody. I knew that I was in a place where the reason I wanted a girlfriend was because I was lonely and I wanted companionship. I wanted somebody, I wanted somebody's attention. And yet I told God it's okay though, because I'm going to treat them well. I'm going to treat them as a God honoring man, but my inward intention, I knew it was because it was based off of the insecurities I was feeling. And that's why there's certain signs I didn't see. And sometimes those relationships did not end well. And I think at the time I played the victimization of like, well, you know, it just doesn't work out sometimes. But I never really asked myself, was it really wise for me to get into that relationship? And I learned from it. And God has used that time in my life to really help me understand how to make wise decisions when it comes to relationships. Um, But during that time, I never really sat there and asked myself, like, what are the intentions of my heart? Like, but it was always impulsive decisions in the moment. Like, this just feels right. So I'll just, I'll just be with this person. But never did I ask myself, am I really like capable of being in a relationship right now? Or why do I want to be in this relationship? And the reason it was unwise is because my, my real core intentions weren't good. That's an unwise decision because if you're starting out with really bad intentions, it's really hard to get to a good finish with it. Most of the time, you really have to stop what you're doing and recollect yourself. And that's in the wisdom model. When we lack wisdom, it's because we are lacking a, a real understanding of the real wise decisions are made based off of righteous reasons. So most of the time when we're making unwise decisions, it's probably because there's something going on within us. And how do we understand what a wise wisdom in decision making is well like we've said before wisdom comes from the bible it comes from counsel research instruction experience these experiences in our life and i'll ask you guys this is that what are some experiences you guys have had that have made you wiser I think times where I've made a bad decision and then realized why that was a bad decision. Um, I mean, I've grown from stuff like that and learned from my past mistakes. Um, And for cases where the impacts of my bad decision have been on other people as well, I think that's caused me to like really take a step back Mm -hmm. and say, I'm not just affecting myself by choosing what I did. Mm-hmm. Like I'm having an impact on other people's lives. I'm making it so other people are stressed. I'm making it so other people have to worry about me or mm-hmm. I'm making it so other people feel upset, anything like that. Mm. And so um, I think it's it was definitely easier for me and it is easier for me um, to see the impacts when it's on other people. Because I think sometimes like with myself – I can kind of neglect Mm -hmm. the impact that I'm having on my own life because I'm the type of person where I'm worried about what other people Mm -hmm. think of me. Like I'm a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. And so I want to make other people like me and I want other people to be happy with me. And so um, in times where that's not going on, I can see it really clearly, but then also it's been harder for me to see it in myself. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I answered the question there. You did answer the question. All right, nice. It's a good answer. I think... I mean, I've had numerous teachers, coaches, whatever it is, tell you that the most learning happens from your mistakes and the most learning happens from your losses. And Mm -hmm. so, like, 
whenever we lose a game in a sport, the coach's immediate go-to is, well, that just gives us more to learn off of, more mistakes that we can fix and avoid from making mm-hmm. again. But I also think to an extent, you can learn from your wise decisions mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. There have been times in my life, outside of sports and school, obviously, where um, if when you make the right decision and you see it pay off or you see someone that mm-hmm. went and followed through with the other side of the decision, you're like, mm, that was the right decision mm-hmm. to not do that, to stay out of whatever your decision you mm-hmm. made was. It, that pays off can also be learning as well. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think the learning from your losses part is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And even as, you know, you guys are making decisions about schools, it can sometimes feel like there has to be like the perfect answer, like the most, the most wise thing. And, uh, as you said with that, you know, I think you guys have different options for schools and there's different things that each of these schools can give. And we're about to get into like the personal preference part of it, but there could be many doors that you go through that are wise to go through. Um, I know for me is that as a pastor, I believe that I went to uh, like truly like I was a place that I knew I could grow in my faith. And I knew there was a great community around there that I could also grow. And there were great teachers there that I could learn how to be a pastor. I could learn, learn the word of God. But I also think there's other Christian schools I could have gone to that would have given me that. And it would have been wise for me to go there too. Wisdom is not binary in a sense. It doesn't mean that like when you come into a decision, there's only one wise decision. There could be many wise decisions and we're about to talk about personal preference. So as you guys are listening, what we want to practically communicate to you is that as you're sitting there and you're like, man, it seems like there's a lot of good doors. That might just mean that you don't have to put all your eggs in one basket. You don't have to bank your future on getting into that one school. You don't have to bank your future on to getting that one job position or uh, get, uh, or as you said, being p- pleasing those certain people. You don't have to put all your eggs in that basket of like, man, like it, there has to be one decision that's the wisest. There might be many wise decisions to make and that's okay. And you can sit there and as we talk about personal preference, we then decide, okay, what might be some personal things that I might want to do with this and the reason why I step into this? But let's get something across because we were talking about God's word. If there is a time you feel like you have received special guidance from the Lord, that you're like, man, God's told me to do this, but it violates God's moral will and it violates what scripture tells us not to do, then that's not wise. You cannot say something is wise for you to do, but it is outside of God's will and God's design. So that's why scripture is so important. That's why knowing what God believes is right or wrong can be so important because it helps guide us in these decision makings. So my question to you guys is, what has been a verse you have come back to for guidance from God? Um, For me, it's... It's in James chapter 4. I don't remember the verse number, but um, basically it says that if you know what the right decision is mm-hmm. and you don't do it, mm. then that's a sin. And so for me, there have been times where I have a personal preference to do the wrong thing, mm-hmm. even though I know what the right decision is. Mm-hmm. And so I know going going and making a decision with my yeah I might want to do this more even though it's wrong that is a mistake and that is a that is a wrong decision so for me that's been um a good reminder like how how do I manage stuff when I know the right way to go or not even the exact right way just the general direction of of where God wants me to go mm-hmm. right versus wrong for me I don't know if I have a verse that I would go to um but what I will say is this is actually um I want to say might have been sixth or seventh grade here at Keystone back uh before it was even Luminate we did this activity and echo 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 (laughs) and uh we wrote something on a rock that we wanted Mm -hmm. 
to remind us mm-hmm. something just about God. And it was obviously much more simpler still building our relationships. But I wrote on that rock that God will always forgive me. And that kind of goes even with the start yeah. where God will smite me, whatever, all that. Yeah. And I still have that rock. It's right next to my bed. When I go to bed every night, it's still out there. And, um, I think that's just always been something that God will always forgive me. God always has me and his, my, his best interest in mind. And mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just always the thing that I've gone through. Yeah. Uh, I would say for me, guys, the the scripture that has been a rock for me all throughout um, all throughout my life is uh, John three thirty. It's a simple verse. It says, "I must decrease, so He may increase." I mean, when I go into decision making, that might be one of the things that. Something might better me, but in the sense I'm making these decisions as wisely is that this will shape me into being more like Christ and being less of my of me in the sense of like my flesh. That I need to ask myself, is this me increasing my own understanding or me decreasing what I might believe is right, but increasing what God truly believes is right? And John 3.30, John the Baptist is even in that passage, man, he is just approached by his disciples saying oh man everybody's getting baptized by jesus now like dang like like he's straight he's he is stealing your people john like he is playing you right now and you're just gonna let that happen and john was just like man like i'm the groomsman watching the bride marry the groom i must decrease so he may increase and i just came back to that a lot is that as i'm making a decision Am I making this decision so Christ's purpose for my life is increasing? Or what I what I believe truly is like my bar for bar, word for word is the way my life needs to go. Um, my dad was once interacting with this. Um, uh, uh, my, my mom and dad were giving a marriage talk at a retreat once. And this girl was talking to my dad. And she was, she was in high school and she was just explaining to my dad exactly how her life was going to go. Like every step everything every position and my dad just started to laugh and he just goes it's not going to end up that way she was like what what do you what do you mean and he was like i, I he said it's just not going to end up that way and she's like why she's like well you know for a fact that everything you just said is exactly god's will for your life that that's exactly what god definitely wants for you and she said yes and i don't I haven't talked to this girl in years. I don't know exactly how her life turned out, but I guarantee you it did not probably turn out bar for bar every step of the way. Because in life, there are certain things that we might believe like that's going to be the wise decision. That's going to be what I need to do. But then as you get to that moment, it might not be it. It might not be the wisest thing. And that's where we continue to discern through scripture. So again, with this whole process, first and most importantly, the first step is understanding what God's moral will is. And then it's asking and approaching, God, may I receive wisdom from what I've learned from within my experiences, from what I hear from other people. You know, we talked about prayer. Prayer is a powerful thing where you can ask people, hey, I'm about to make a big decision. Can you pray for me? Or, hey, I kind of have a big decision coming up. Can you hold me accountable um, to really discerning what God's will for this situation be or what might be right or wrong. But through accountability, through encouragement, through reading the word, through our experience, we can understand what the wise decision may be. And then we get into this final thing, which is the most outward circle, which is we must be sensitive to our personal consideration or preference. Sometimes we just throw this right out the door. We think God doesn't care about our personal preference. God doesn't care about our consideration at all. That God doesn't want, man, God is a killjoy to some people. He's literally just doesn't want you to have anything in your life that might give you some type of pleasure or peace, or it might be like, oh man, I got to choose the decision that has me down bad. That literally just puts me in the worst way. Yes, there are decisions you're going to have to make that might cause you to sacrifice something. But just maybe there are decisions we make that, guess what? They are in God's will, and guess what? They are pretty sweet. One of those things for me is I just got married, and guess what? 
I wasn't sitting there like, oh, I guess I got to marry Alexa. This is going to be such a sacrifice and everything. No, I wanted to marry Alexa and it was within God's will and it was for good reason that I got to marry Alexa. Man, was it, is it awesome? And man, do I love her and I, I love being in a relationship with her. Also, p- coming here at Keystone has been pretty amazing. It has been awesome. And guess what? I wanted to be a youth pastor. I felt a calling to be a youth pastor. This falls into God's will. And me being here was a wise decision. And man, it's been so good. And I love it. And there's a lot of things, a lot of preferences I have a part of this. The cold weather, maybe not as much. But there's some really sweet things that I love about this place. So personal preference and consideration does have to deal with this. So when we have our personal desires, and like we said, There are many times where we have many open doors and we come to that part where, guess what? There's many wise decisions. You could go to this college, like Zach, you've talked about, you want to go for engineering. You go to this school and be part of a sports team and be able to play for them. Or you go to another school and not be part of a sports team or get a job. But either way, you're able to do the engineering thing and focus on that. So there's a lot of good decisions, but clearly... There's a decision based off a personal preference that's going to come up. So it's like, okay, it would be wise to go to any of these schools. But man, why do I really want to go? And that's where personal preference comes in is when we see the options that are within God's moral will, that are wise decision. And then it comes down to, okay, so what, where might I be leaning based off of my desires? So this can be good and bad. So my question to you guys is when has personal preference helped you make a good decision? I think personal preference when it comes to making a good decision is I like to, when when it comes to not necessarily bigger decisions, but decisions about doing some things or who I'm hanging out with, whatever it is, is putting my own values first before, I mean, it's kind of dumb, but we talked about this thing in a class today about learning how to say no Mm. and just simply like, so you're not overwhelming yourself with time was the focus of that. But I sort of thought of it as learning how to say no for your own personal preference because mm-hmm. you should be doing things that you want to do and not forcing yourself to go do something just because someone else wants to go do it. So I think that's part of the personal preference. But then also, um, back to earlier when I was talking about that decision I had to make between uh, playing a sport in the summer or getting a job – I ended up playing baseball and it was for a new team that I hadn't played with yet. So that's kind of why I was leaning a little bit towards job yet, because I was going to be playing with a bunch of guys that I didn't really know. And that season, nobody knew anybody going into the season. And I said, let's just play it because this was for summer, not for high school. And it was a bunch of new guys. So I just went and played and it was some of the most fun I've had in Mm -hmm. baseball in my life. We just all had a blast, got to know each other, had fun, obviously on the field, but also off. So when I just decided that this is what I'll enjoy more for me, it ended up paying off. Mm. So good. Mm. Um, I would say personal preference comes into play for me with, um, like I know I've talked about this a couple times already today, but like with colleges, mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of schools uh, nearby and far away that could do a lot of the things that I would be interested in majoring in, mm-hmm. right? And so I have I had to look at my motivation for where I wanted to mm-hmm. apply and all these types of things, um, and it's pretty much at this point up to my personal preference Mm -hmm. there have been i started with a big list of over 10 schools it's down to three at Mm -hmm. this point um and so i think a lot of the decisions about my motivation and what might not be good for me um like i know i weeded out a school specifically based on the fact that i know the community there isn't something that lines up with what i believe in and so like I know maybe that would not be good for me and not mm-hmm. be good for my my faith and mm-hmm. um just the community that surrounds that school. So anyways, I think it's gotten to the point where I've been able to narrow it down to personal preference. Mm-hmm. I hope I've made enough decisions of eliminating schools and following God's will mm-hmm. that it's up to me now at this point. Mhm. Um yeah. 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 
dang. Or you could just, you know, whoever wins the title during March. Oh, murder yeah. decision. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine if someone was like, you know what? I'm going to, a junior right now was like, I'm going to apply for the school. Whoever's in the final four, that's going to be my Those final the, four. It's, it's crazy, though. I saw a stat on Instagram. Um, There's schools throughout history over uh. and over again. They're... Um, application numbers in March will like go through the roof if their team's a Cinderella team or like oh. a double digit seed and all of a sudden they win a couple games like St. <sighs> Peter's from last year or I believe even Fairleigh Dickinson they've already said has gotten like applicants from out of nowhere because their team won a couple games in March Madness it's absurd a lot of people have their motivation in the right place yeah hey, come exactly on, could you imagine if you're like you know what whoever's the, whoever wins the whole thing I'm gonna go to that school you're thinking I'm gonna go to Duke I'm gonna go to Gonzaga I'm gonna go to one of these big schools it's gonna be amazing oh my, oh my goodness St. Peter's <laughs> where is St. Peter's exactly. what is this school there's a guy with a mustache on this team I don't yeah. I don't know what's going shout that's out Doug a, Eater hey shout, <laughs> shout out Doug Eater man that is and like that's so that's you know personal preference like it, it does it can be good everybody it can be good but we cannot go with that without saying how sometimes personal preference can be bad the heart can be deceitful the word tells us over and over like our hearts can be deceitful. That Galatians five talks about we fight between the spirit and the flesh. That we're even at war with ourselves. So, with you guys, when has it been hard to follow God's will? When has there been something that man like I know this would be wise to do under God's decision, or and it's almost like you're disappointed with what God wants you to do. Like when's a time when like you really had to lay down your preference? And do what God wants you to do. Um, I'll say that for me, I I don't like waking up in the morning that much. And so FCA um, is the Fellowship of Christian Athletes Club. I'm one of the leaders. And we got to get up. It's not too much earlier, but it is earlier. And I got to be to school a decent amount earlier. And I have to put in extra work, make presentations, do public speaking, go to club promotional things and so it's a lot of extra work um that I don't always want to put in you know Mm -hmm. and it's it's not always easy but you know it is good because it allows us in school to have a community of believers Mm -hmm. and I've met so many people that are Christians at school um that I had no idea that they were Christians at all and so it's been really cool seeing the growth and the fruit of me putting in the work and following God's path and what God wants me to do, even though I might want not want to do it. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, FCA is, it's pretty cool though. And I've, I've grown to appreciate it for sure. That's awesome. The example I have, I don't know if it's necessarily being hard to follow God's will. It's more it's, I guess it's a little bit on that disappointment is I don't really know where God's will is in this situation because I just played my last basketball game <laughs> in high school quite recently. And combining that with the college where my college process and applications and everything hasn't gone exactly how I've wanted it to. And I'm still waiting to hear from a couple of schools. So combining all of that together and the basketball, obviously... I've been playing it since I was six years old. It's been my favorite sport. I had a blast with the team this year. And so once you finish that game, it's, I mean, nobody could say that's a joyful moment. But Mm -hmm. um, we've talked about this a couple times in youth group where putting your identity into something like basketball or if you're an artist, putting your identity into whatever instrument you play or you're singing or it could be anything whatever you put your identity into that can't end well because if you lose that thing which can happen in many different ways then what do you do so we've talked about in youth group putting your identity into God because you will never lose God Mm -hmm. and God will always be there he's always that pillar Mm -hmm. is the best way and the only way to go about it this one NFL player um, or sorry, previous, his name, I'm trying to, I want to say it's Inky Johnson. Don't quote me on that, okay, but okay. we learned about him in baseball. 
because he's a very he's a motivational speaker now, and he was supposed to be a top NFL prospect, mm-hmm. cornerback, and he had a an incident where there was a collision. He got hit in the neck in a really awkward way, yeah. and he got paralyzed along the left side of his body. So his like left arm mm-hmm. no longer works, and obviously his NFL dreams were gone now, mm-hmm. and he could no longer play in the NFL. And that was really hard for him. His whole plan was to obviously go to the NFL so he could support his family. And if he had put his entire identity into the NFL, now that he can't play that sport, what should he do? But instead, he's a Christ follower, and now he is a motivational speaker, and he goes out and tells his story and motivates others to do the same. There's something I heard um, in a sermon recently that is... Um, it's stuck with me is that when you're praying um, and you're praying for God to do something in your life that you want to happen um, you should be praying and this is kind of similar to what I was saying earlier yeah. about the way that Jesus was praying Yeah. Um, is that you should you should pray that you get on the same page with God not that God gets on the same page as you yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not trying to convince God <laughs> that your way is the best way Yeah. Um, even though it might feel like that and I've I've felt like that like before you know god i've got this like this is the plan like we're doing this right god yeah. come on, like come on man get on get on my <laughs> get on my side here um and so i've had to rework the way that i pray mm-hmm. sometimes and yeah. say like god this is what i want this is my preference but mm-hmm. help me do what you want for me yeah um and so there's been a lot of things recently that have i've been praying about that have i would not have prayed this yeah. way before uh-huh. Um, and yeah, yeah. I, know, I just wanted to say that's a bold, that's a bold prayer, man. I love it. You know, I love like shout out Andy Minio, but this is always a this is a common phrase, but he said it in a song once. Uh, but uh, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plan. And it's like one of those things where we're like, you, you're right. We just start praying, like you know what, God, I'm just gonna let you know what's gonna happen. I just need you to like. It's almost like when you go to like a job or you like. I, I get you this. You need your parents to sign like a permission slip. It's like, hey, I'm going on this trip. I just need you to sign right there for me. Please just let that go. And then like literally like that's how we come to God with some of our requests. Like, hey, I'm going to go do this thing. Just need to sign right there. Don't read it. Don't read it. Just sign right there. Just sign right there. And that's just the sound how we treat it. And I love how you put it that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, my encouragement to you all is that guess what? Sometimes your personal preference ain't good. It's not good intentions. And you have to come to grips with that. And that's humbling when you realize, man, I might not be following the what God wants me to do. What I might be doing might be really unwise or might be out of God's will. That's where it's also important that this isn't a willy-nilly thing, that there's freedom to it, but it's not willy-nilly. So lastly, what I want to tell you guys is as we kind of conclude this, Um, When you guys are using this wisdom model to start with understanding God's moral will, to then understand what is wise, and then what are my personal desires and preference, I would say just a simple thing is when you have a lot of options in front of you, whatever it may be, determine which options, or if any of them, are excluded in a biblical examination of goals, means, and motives. So if the end goal is not within God's moral will, if the means of what you have to do to reach that goal is not within God's moral will, or the motives of your heart are not within God's moral will, then those are options you can exclude. And then also you apply wisdom. And then you apply personal desires with what any options, if there are options that are left, you then apply wisdom and personal desires to the remaining choices. Examine those circumstances, research the facts, weigh alternatives, gather information, seek counsel, go to your friends, go to your pastors and say, hey, can you pray for this? There's so many times where I'm about to make a decision and you guys heard him like, I will call up my man Grant and I'll say, man, am I talking wild in here? Am I saying something stupid here? Like, pray for me. Let me know. Hold me accountable. It's so helpful. And then make your decision, but make your decision humbly. Make your decision with trust in the Lord and say, if this is God's will, let it be so. So just want to thank our guest for today, my man, Job and Zach. Um, 
You got any last any last pieces of advice? Any last words of wisdom to the people? Uh, Dan's pretty cool, and he's doing a lot of good things, and he says a lot of things that are pretty helpful. So I'll listen to Dan. <laughs> Man, that's thanks, Job. I appreciate that. <laughs> all right, y'all. Thank you guys so much. This was all. This was so much fun. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for having us. Yes. Yes. Goodness. And hey, I just want to say one thing right now to everybody listening. Like I said, these two guys standing before me are well sitting um but uh sitting before me are two guys that are seniors in high school they for any students that are listening that they are not far off from you guys you students are able to process and understand these things and talk about these things um i'm honored and feel so encouraged as just sitting with these guys and having this conversation and how man i believe that god's got both of these guys on good tracks in life and i'm so excited to see what the lord does in your life and yeah well see y'all soon love y'all peace